And we're back. Welcome back to Devils on the Rush, episode five. And what a week it's been. A complete turnaround for the New Jersey Devils. Alex, when we had this podcast last week, we said if we got two out of three, we'd be pumped, ecstatic, turning it around. But guess what? We got three out of three. Man, does it feel good to be a Devils fan this evening on this Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's what a uh, difference a week makes, right? Uh, just complete. I mean, it's not that the team like looked completely, completely different, but they finally got results for playing well, which is good to see. And yeah, they're entering a new week at three and two, and some momentum to build on from a really hard fought win against the Sharks on Saturday. Definitely, definitely, and we got a lot for you today, folks. We're going to recap the three games, talk about the goalie performances and the turnaround there, and then we have our. Uh, famous stat corner for uh, Alex Schwanti. I think we're going to test a new name with this week, uh, Stat Attack. Oh, all uh, right. This is news to me, so I like it. The, yeah, well, you know, I have to give full credit to uh, Mrs. Fisherman, or is it Fisherwoman? Uh, we were spitballing at the dinner table last night, and Stat Attack uh, came up. So Yeah, I like that. Credit. Thank you, Mrs. Fisherman. There we go. There we go. She's never going to listen to this, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, Then we have our infamous Devil's Dungeon, our three stars of the week, and then we'll look at the week ahead. So let's get started, Alex. We had a game on Tuesday night against the Anaheim Ducks, and they went down quickly, 2-0. And I was texting you like, WTF, you know, what is going on here? I I thought we'd come out with some passion, some fire after the first two, and then it went downhill pretty quickly. Um, but it seems like the big players uh, grabbed the team by the collar and drew, dragged them out of that uh, loss into a, uh, to a very nice win, out shooting the Ducks by 21 shots. Um, what, what, were, what were your key takeaways from the Ducks game, Alex? Yeah, so like you said, that game was looking pretty bad to start. Mackenzie Blackwood gave up the first goal he gave up off the faceoff. It was, was not great. Um, the second goal, can't really fault him, kind of took a weird bounce off the boards and then just kind of popped right in front of a duck's forward. I think it was Silverberg again who put it in. It was 2-0 and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, this is not looking good. But, you know, Andre Palat got things going with uh, the goal to make it 2-1 and then the Devils were just kind of putting unrelenting pressure on the Ducks that entire game. Uh, but kind of what we had seen in the first two games of the season is that they weren't converting on them like you would hope. But, you know, Plot got one, and then they got another and another, and finally they they ended up finishing with four goals and to put the Ducks away and get their first one of the season. And it, it felt like just like there's just a whole weight off the the I guess the shoulders of the players there because you could feel the tension when it w- went down to nothing just by watching it on TV. I mean, it you it cut what was it, the thing like it cut through. Uh, a knife or something like that, you know. You can feel, yeah, with a butter knife. Yeah, I think that's what you're looking for there. Yeah. The tension in the building. Yeah, the fire. Lindy chance started. Um, it was not looking pretty, and I think uh, a lot of people were were ready to ready to revolt against the team very quickly. Yeah, and it was like Elliot Friedman was saying on Thirty Two Thoughts earlier this week. It was like the the bus. It felt like the red and black bus was going off the cliff there in that Ducks game, but their big players, Dougie Hamilton, Heischer, Palat, all brought them back. So, uh, yeah, that was huge. I, if they had lost that game, it's, you know, the rest of the week could have looked a lot different, but I think they kind of just played a little more 
I guess freer or looser would probably be the best term, even though I thought, you know, they were generating chances the first couple of games. But yeah, that was a huge win. And, uh, you know, we probably we might not be sitting here recording this podcast with them being three and oh, if they lose that game, you know, just one the first two games went the way they did. It's possible they just kept could have kept snowballing if they had lost that game against the Ducks. So that was a huge turning point early in the season because things could have gotten pretty ugly pretty quickly. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the other important thing to know is, is as soon as they got those uh, the first two goals going into the third, I felt pretty confident. I think they kind of took over the game at that point. They had all momentum. Uh, it seemed like that first line was buzzing. You already had two goals by that first line, uh, and when I say that first line, I mean Palat, Heisher, and Brat. They they seemed to really have some good chemistry going. Uh, and it continued throughout the week. I think they were pretty dominant in all three games. And mm-hmm. I know you might get into it in the stat, stat attack, but their 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 offensive zone numbers were pretty off the charts. Yeah, um, I mean, all three games last week, but really in that Ducks game, uh, it was kind of uh, Ducks didn't really have an answer for the Devils' speed in that game. It was just too fast. Uh, and it was really the same thing. The Islanders, I think, was even worse. They just hadn't you know, older roster over there on Long Island. They just couldn't keep up with some of the younger skaters and the Devils. Um, but yeah, that Ducks game was huge. Their big guys got them back in and I set the tone for the rest of the week. And of course, Mackenzie Blackwood, after giving up those first two goals against the Ducks, uh, was rock solid. You, he didn't give up anything after that. I think he made 18 saves on 20 shots for the game. Um, and and a couple pretty high danger saves as well. I mean, yeah. I remember the one with the pad, um, where, where he gave up that rebound and, and whatnot and, and stopped it with the pad. I, I, I thought he really shook off those two easy ones and then was locked in from there on out and, you know, throughout the week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. After he gave up really the first poor one against the Ducks, I think he, he settled in nicely. Then he made some big stops on the penalty kill and to keep the game either, you know, tied or I think one goal. There was a couple of Ducks chances when the Devils were up 3-2 to keep it up 3-2. And then, you know, the ice did away. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that set the tone for him as much as it did for the rest of the team. Uh, he was fantastic um, moving forward. So, yeah, huge, huge performance from the Ducks uh, in that Ducks game from everyone involved. Everyone stepped up to drag themselves out of that hole. Yeah, definitely. Now I think uh, we can transition nicely into the Islanders game. Um, and I don't think there's any way other to put it. They speed bagged the Islanders. Yeah. They made the Islanders look slow, old, um, just stuck in sand. I mean, start to finish, impeccable performance. Well, actually, no, let me take that back. It was a fantastic performance. They could use some help with their finishing, but in the end, they got the job done. And a game that they most definitely probably would have lost last year, they were able to put this one away this year. Yeah, I, that was one of the more complete games I can remember from the Devils in quite some time. Uh, it was just like from start to finish, from puck drop, they were just barraging Ilya Sorokin. It was at one point the shots were 15-1, even though it was scoreless, 0-0, before that uh, Islanders got I was worried. Point. I was worried at that point. I was like, you got to score one. I mean, this, especially with this performance that Sorokin's putting on. Yeah. He's going to keep him in the game. And something's going to happen you know, with the Islanders. Yeah, and then, you know, it was 50, uh, shots were like 15-1, and then the Islanders got that power play at the end of the first period, but the Devils' uh, penalty kill stepped up, and Mackenzie Blackwood made a couple of saves. 
I think it was going crazy on Twitter. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, in traditional devil's fashion, this is when the Islanders score. I don't know if you tweeted it or, you know, one of that. I don't think I tweeted that. But, yeah, I mean, I did see the tweets that that were saying as much. And, you know, old devils, it probably would have happened. But they went into the first intermission 0-0, which is fine. Obviously, with the way they had generated chances in the first period, it would have been nice if they had gotten a couple. But they started the second period right away with a goal. I believe Palat was the first one who had the goal. Um... Uh, in the second period, uh, was it Jesper mm-hmm. Pratt when he fed him to the slot and he kind of released that one-timer? Um, either way, they got a couple of goals in the first 10 minutes against the Islanders in the second Well, period. I think Jack had the first one. Oh, right. It was the breakaway, right, right. Yep, yeah. yep. Jack had the beautiful breakaway where he snuck it past Sorokin. And, yeah, from that. And, and, and that was a huge getting the monkey off his back, right? You want to get the blanks off the plate as soon as possible. I know it's been a slow start for Jack, but I mean he he's driving crazy amounts of offense. He's just been a little snake bitten in the first couple of games. Yeah, exactly. I mean the chances have been there um, pretty much every game he's played so far. But yeah, that was a breakaway goal right from that beautiful pass from Damon Severson, um, and then yeah, Palat was the second goal, and then after that the Islanders didn't. I mean, they really they fought back a little bit, but anytime they pushed back, it just kind of seemed like the Devils' pace was just way too much for them. They. They just don't have the guns to stick up, play like keep pace with a team like the Devils who can skate on like all four lines and all their defense pairs. And it wasn't even so much on the rush, right? Like they definitely took them on the rush and were able to exit the zone beautifully. But there was there was points where I was like, this Devils actually this Devils team's actually four checking properly. I don't remember a Devils team in a while that's four checked properly. you know, that's actually won them games maybe since 2012 when they made that cup run and they had a great four check, but. It seemed like they were able to turn the Islanders over in the neutral zone or in the defensive zone a lot, a lot, a lot. And the Isles just couldn't even, you know, get the puck out of their own zone at points. Yeah, even the Barzell line, which is, I mean, he's playing with Bovillian and Palmeria there. They couldn't really generate much of anything either because it's just, that was too fast. They were hemming in the Islanders in the defensive zone all the time. Um, that's probably a game the Devils should have won by more than 4-1, to one, but Sorokin was so good early on in that game that, uh, you know that is what it is. I mean, he's one of the best goalies. Well, I mean, league, yeah, you so. could, you, yeah, you could see why a lot of experts have called for him as a top three Vesna candidate this year because it was on full display. He was making crazy saves left and right. Yeah, I mean, the, the first period was scoreless because of him. Um, there's just no way that I, I mean, I guess Varlamov could have kept them in it too. He's a good goalie himself. But, I mean, Sorokin's an elite goaltender for a reason, so. So the one question I have for you, Alex, is why don't the Devils have a Russian in the pipeline uh, for, for for as a goalie? I mean, we're seeing them all over the league now, these Russians just dominating goaltending. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and they draft from Russia pretty often. So um, it's weird they've never taken a chance on a Russian goalie. But, um, yeah, I mean, they got some good prospects in their system. You know, Kira Schmid, um Nico Dawes, Tyler Brennan, probably pretty promising. We've got to keep an eye on what he's doing in the WHL this season. But, yeah, it's a little surprising. I mean, Russian goalies, like you said, Sorokin, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky. I mean, even Samsonov is off to a pretty nice start here with the Maple Leafs right now. We'll see if that can last. But, I mean, he was a first-round pick, and he's talented. They, they must have 12, 11 or 12 starting nets in the NHL right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, the four of the ones are the ones that I just came up with off the top of my head, but there's Oscarov who's coming up with Nashville too. 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I could we could definitely find more starting Russian goalies for sure. But unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable. The, the elite. We got to put in a call to fits for all, for a Russian. All the elite ones right now seem to be Russian. So Shosturkin, Sorokin, and Vasilevsky. So yeah, maybe the Devils got to get in on that. But you know, hey, if Mackenzie Blackwood keeps playing the way he did the last week, maybe that's not too much of a concern. Uh, I'm gonna cut in right here for all our Jets fans out there. We're in victory formation. That is a. Four wins in a row, Alex. All right. Sorry. Sorry, but we are recording uh, during the end of the New York Jets-Broncos game. And uh, Alex and I are both big Jets fans. So this is something we haven't seen since 2015. Wow, that's a really long time. Uh, My eyes did bleed out of my face after watching that game, though, because, my Lord, that was terrible football. But, hey, a win's a win. So you take yeah. five and two is five and two, and they got a big game with the Pats coming up this weekend, I believe. So I think that that would be a big measuring stick because everyone's going to say, you know, they've only played against backup QBs or or bad teams, and you know, hopefully yeah. uh, they can go in there and beat the crap out of the Pats. Yeah, no, that's what every Jets fan wants. So oh yeah, definitely. All right, so back to Devils hockey here. Um, so two two goals from Palat. Um, another, you know, get Jack on the board. Another one from Heisher. Um, I think it was a three-point night from Heisher. He he's had yeah. an impressive start. He looks like he's a man on a mission this season. Um, holding up my Selkie prediction quite well. Um, <laughs> any other takeaways from the Isles game there, Alex? Um, their power play at the start of that game looked really, really good. It was that first one they got in like the first few minutes of the first period where they had like five shots on goal. I kind of set the tone for the rest of the the game offensively. I think uh, after that, the Devils were just peltering Sorokin with shots for the rest of the game. Um, so yeah, I kind of liked what I saw from the power play that game, um, and a, a little less so the next game, the Sharks game. But they did score one. So, but yeah, the power play was uh, some encouraging stuff against the Islanders, and I think they that is starting to show signs of improvement there slowly. Yeah, I mean, not even slowly. I think. You know, they've actually, it's been leaps and bounds. I mean, they've done really well on the power play, in my opinion. Um, been able to really seem to be aiming to get the puck movement to the slot. Um, it seems like they're getting a lot of shot generation from whosoever. I, you know, they've had Nico there. They have Dawson Mercer there. Uh, I think Jasper played there a little bit. It seems like Douglas finally getting in a rhythm quarterbacking the power play. Um, it doesn't seem like they're having much trouble with zone entries, which seemed to be a huge issue last year where you you try and get some Superman play there by Jack or Jesper and then poke check clear. This year they seem to be fluent. It seems to be entering the zone pretty easily um, and then keeping the puck, controlling it, getting good puck movement. Um, I think they're starting to realize that the puck goes quicker when you actually pass it instead of skate it somewhere. And I think we saw a lot of that last season. And this season, it's just been totally different. Yeah, the biggest difference for me on the power play so far is that the puck movement, once they're set up in the zone, is a lot crisper than it was uh, under Mark Recchi. And like you had mentioned before, um, there was uh, just off the top of my head from what I remember in the Sharks game, there was a couple of chances they set up from behind the net to one was to Nico Heischer in the bumper on one of their power plays. And then obviously there was a Dawson Mercer goal, which came basically from right in front of the blue paint in front of a Capo Kakinen. So um, yeah, they're different. I think they're creating chances differently than they did 
uh, well, really the last two seasons on the recce, you see some of that more stuff where they're trying to set up thanks to the bumper, which you, I don't even really remember seeing that too often in uh, the previous power play. So they're definitely trying different things. And I think their last I looked, their shot and chance generation has been a lot better on the power play than it was a season ago. So if it keeps up, I think they're going to start scoring goals there a little more consistently. So, um, yeah, positive signs yeah, I, there. I, I mean, think. shot generation across the board for the team. I mean, they. Yeah, well, I'll get into I, that I, in the stat attack. So. Okay. Sorry. So, so I won't front run you then. So I, you <laughs> mentioned it. Let's let's slide right into this afternoon matinee against the San Jose Sharks on Saturday. It was a sleepy start, to say the least. Um, I texted you multiple times, this team needs to wake the F up. This team needs to wake the F up. Um, And then they finally woke up in the second period. I I think they finished the first period stronger. Um, I think the last five minutes of the first period, they really got all three lines pumping and then the fourth line, whatever the hell you want to call it. We can get into that after the three-game recap. But, um, you know, it came with Yegor's poke check, stealing of the puck and then a silky smooth finish to get them on the board. And then a couple minutes later with the power play two whacks at it from our boy from Newfoundland, Dawson Mercer. And they were up quickly 2-0. and you thought the game was in hand, right? I thought at that point, let's go get the third, let's go get the fourth, but that's not how it played out. Kevin LeBlanc had an absolute wicked shot that beat McKenzie on the short side. I know you said that he had yeah. no chance of stopping it. I hate when goals go in on the short side, and I probably will agree with you because it did hit the it did hit the post and then yeah. go in. It was a perfect shot. It was, it was. Yeah. But I still hate when goalies give up the short side goals because the defenseman sells out on the pass, so all you have to do is worry about the shot. Um, but as you said, that was one in a million there. So yeah. kudos to him. But I think the most impressive thing from the Sharks game was how they closed it out, right? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but they held strong. They won faceoffs in their zone. They cleared the puck when they need to, minus Ryan Graves twice. Um, <laughs> and then I, I remember specifically, and the ref set a pick. I remember uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. I, uh, it was one, Old man eight, Fisherman was not happy about that yeah, pick set by the ref. The, the Sharks were either up six on four, six on five. I remember that. I, I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, old man fisherman screaming at the TV. He'll he'll be a guest on here. Uh, uh, oh, I can only imagine how that episode's gonna go. <laughs> we might have to get him after like a two game losing streak. Just get some crazy conspiracy theories, yeah, hot takes. Just, you know, just let him vent. You know, get some, get it out there. You know, yeah, he'll probably start complaining about Zajac. Like it's yeah. like you know, come on, <laughs> Zajac already retired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we that we might have to make him our first guest. I don't know. That sounds like it could be a hell of an episode. Uh, it, it, it could get dicey, but yeah, it should be a fun one. But yeah, back to the Sharks game. Um, they finished strong. They finished with grit. Uh, Bastion with the big shot block down, down the stretch. Um, and, and, you know, a win's a win, right? Um, the, the, you know, the supposed perennial team in the East uh, two nights before couldn't, couldn't, stop the Sharks in a comeback. So, um, yeah, shout out to that team across the river. But the Devils are now 3-2, and two, above 500, and things look to be going well. I think there's still some questions that need to be answered. But, Alex, give us your overall take from the past week and, and shout out some things, some trends that you're seeing. 
Uh, yeah, so I like what I've, obviously I kind of mentioned it before, but I really like what I've seen from the Devils offensively, and that's the next thing I'm writing on. So by the time most of you listen to this on Monday, you sh- that article should be out. Um, Where can we find you on the internet, Alex? Uh, Alex C. Uh, Alex C. Underscore THW. That is my Twitter handle. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, that article's almost finished. Probably finish it up after you know some dinner when we're done recording here. But uh, yeah, I mean, I really like what I've seen from their offense. Uh, they're just generating chances at an extremely high clip, probably an unsustainable clip right now. But uh, as I'm arguing in my article, I think the roster is now at the point where even when they're, they're going to regress at some point, uh, it's just there for them to be have a high octane offense for most of the season as long as they can stay healthy. So I really like what I'm seeing there. Uh, um, defensively, you know, I can't really argue with anything they did defensively this week. Uh, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, did he face more than 25 shots on goal in a game? I don't think so, right? Hold on, hold on. Yeah. We are known for our stats here. Just give me a second. So the yeah, Ducks I know the got Ducks 20. Game was 20, right? Yeah, very good. Do you yeah. want to guess what the Isles had? Uh, 17, I believe, right? Yeah. And then yeah, I, the Sharks good. game was 21 out of 22, right, for Mackenzie. I think he stopped 21 out of 22. All right, I got to hold on. Let's see here. Efforting, efforting. Yeah, I'm pretty 22. sure. 22. Look yeah, at you. Right. Not above 25. I mean, there that's great go. shot. That's great shot suppression. And I mean, I think that comes a lot from the defense finally clicking. Yeah. I think we've seen a number of combos throughout these games because of the interesting choice of playing seven defensemen. Uh, I know Lindy just wanted to get those three lines pumping. And granted, you know, Kudos to him. They were pumping, but I yeah, think we both worked. agree that's not something that's sustainable. Right, yeah. That's one thing I noticed, too, I think in the Sharks game where I was um, more or less like, hey, I think it might be time to go back to 12-6. Uh, especially with the way Kevin Ball played, I kind of feel like he's – maybe he's not quite there yet, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be long before he's the regular third pair. He's not game. far off if he's yeah. not there because he looked pretty damn good in that Sharks game. Yeah, I mean, not only was he solid defensively, but he had that wraparound where I was like, hey, wait, was that Kevin Ball who just did that? Yeah, I was like, oh, is that Dawson Mercer or Kevin Ball? Yeah, that that was Kevin Ball, and he had like three shots on goal too, so he was contributing a little bit offensively. He did have that big slapper, I think. um, I think Dawson might have fed him behind the net. It was on a one-timer, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I don't remember where exactly, I think. But, yeah, he had that one-timer. about the dot or a little bit closer in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of looks like he's, um, pretty close to being a regular, um, you know, third pair defenseman. And then, yeah, the 12, six thing is, you know, obviously the 11, seven worked really well. I got them three wins and, uh, I think we had texted about this at some point. It kind of felt like that was a little bit of a decision that rough. He was kind of almost coaching for his job kind of thing. Cause it worked. That's what worked in the ducks game. They kind of just started rolling three lines and he's like, okay, well this worked. Let's milk it until, you know, it stops working. And it did work against the Sharks, too. But I think at some point, especially since you got a back-to-back coming up today and then tomorrow on t- Tuesday night against um, you know, uh, was it Detroit, you probably want to go back to 12-6 here. And either, I don't know what decision you make here as far as putting Fabian Zetterlund or Alexander Holtz back in the lineup. But. Well, that's, that's you know, I was just going to get into that. And we have a listener question from RJ and Sparta. Oh, um, okay. Wow, what, first listener question here. First listener question. Uh, all questions can be submitted to Alex's Twitter or my direct <laughs> personal line. If you know it, you can text me. Um, <laughs> so Alex's Twitter. 
Um, yeah, pretty much. That's what he meant. Or, yeah, RJ and Sparta wants to know, what do we do with, with Holtz now? Um, I know there might be injuries down the line, but in the immediate term, do you send him back down to get minutes or do you bump Wood down permanently to the fourth line and try Holtz again on the third? Or what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I think what Ruff had said earlier in the week is that uh, he just doesn't think Holtz is fast enough to kind of play the way they want to play right now, which I think that has some validity to it. But if you look at, I mean, he's really played a small sample so far, but if you look at his numbers, they're pretty good. So I'm not sure how much that holds up. But um, but if you're going to play him more often, then maybe that'll catch up to him at some point if he's not able to keep pace with the system they're playing. Um, You know, if they're going to go back to 12-6, this weekend or this week i would think you have to get him in the top nine role it can't be on the fourth line with mcleod and i don't know bastion i guess i don't know i don't even know how that would work to be honest but yeah i mean no you, no, you're, you, you don't know how it's going to work because it doesn't work so yeah. it's just he's not playing fourth line minutes. like you'd have to go back to the bmw line as the fourth line and then you'd have to get holst with tatar and uh Hala. Uh, that would be what you'd have to do. But Zetterlin, if they want to stick, if Ruff wants to stick with that top nine that's been working for the last three games and Zetterlin probably makes more sense to play right now, you could just stick him on the fourth line with McLeod and Bass. I mean, I think that line would create a complete havoc. Yeah, and you know, I, I, someone would have to play on their off wing because uh, they're all right-handed shots. But Or you could move Wood to the BMW line and, you know, Halla to Tarn, you you put Holtz where he's more most comfortable, and you put Bastion where it doesn't matter. I'm talking about Zetterlin here, like Zetterlin. Oh, Zetter, oh Zetterlin. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zetterlin could fit with uh, Tatar and Hala too because they played a little bit together in the preseason and they look good. So, uh, yeah, it's a question for Art. I have a don't really have a good answer for RJ right now because I, I don't know what fits where Holtz fits right now, and if Ruff thinks his, well, I guess, lack of pace is a little concerning right now because. I don't remember the exact quote, but I think Ruff said something along the lines like um, he's working really hard to get, you know, to where he needs to be speed wise. So maybe uh, a little bit of time in Utica would benefit him just so he could work on his skating. But I think he's too good for Utica at this point. So, yeah, it's a bit of a dilemma. I guess it's not the worst thing to have because it speaks of the depth of the lineup up front. Um, but still, you want to get him in. You don't want him to be a healthy scratch. And, really, and more than like three well. games. Yeah, I don't think he's played poorly either. You don't want him to be a healthy scratch. If he doesn't play against the Capitals, I can understand that. But if on a back to back, and he doesn't play the second half of the back to back, then you're gonna have to start wondering what they're gonna do with him because um, he should be playing. It doesn't really benefit him to sit it in the press box that often. Like if you want to do it a couple times, um, you know, for a couple games in a row to just have him view the game from up top with someone like Sergey Breland. That makes sense. But eventually you want him to put that stuff he's learning on the ice. So it's definitely a tough, it's a tough question to answer because there's not really like a solid answer to it right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, one thing else before we get into some of our sections uh, here, goaltending. I mean, mm, yeah. Max back. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, Max. So I look, think this might be a new segment. Is back back this week or is he out again, right? Uh, I think this right, week he's yeah. Max back. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know that Ducks game had a nine hundred save percentage, and then it just increased the the next two games it was nine nine forty one against the Islanders, and then nine fifty five against the Sharks. Uh, and the Sharks, um, that Sharks game was even though the Devils were mostly in control of that game at five and five, that was the one game where I thought they faced a little more quality chances than they had uh, compared to the previous two games. And Max to tall, especially when. The Devils were defending at six on four and six on five in that last like three, four, five minutes. Uh, he made some really big saves to you know hold the two one lead for the win. But yeah, he looked back this week. Um, you know, I had mentioned this half jokingly um, in the uh, Infernal Access Discord, but you know he's that was only like those last three starts were what like only the fifth or sixth starts he's made in the NHL since January like eighteenth of last year because of the injury. So maybe it was like, I was just joking like, Oh, he just needed the time to get used to NHL pace, but maybe that was a little bit of a thing in that first, you know, was it the and first he's only 25. Him? Yeah. Which first, is crazy. Right. Yeah. And then like, maybe that was a little bit of the thing, especially in the flyers game. And then like that first period against the ducks game. Cause after the first period in the ducks game is when he started to settle in. So like, maybe he's just getting used to that again, since he hasn't really played at all in the calendar year 2022 until now so um yeah maybe that was the thing but he looked great his movement was good i thought he was tracking the puck pretty well uh, i really liked his rebound control too in uh some of these games he wasn't putting pucks back into dangerous areas off rebounds um so yeah all positive there and if he plays like this i mean he's going to be the 1a moving forward even though i i'm pretty confident Tech vanacek is going to bounce back from that bad start he had against the Red Wings. He's not that bad a goalie at all. And his, his save percentage is not staying below 800. That's that's insane. It will climb back up. But you know, the upside, yeah. I mean, Blackwood showed this week why he has more upside than Vanacek. 100%. I mean, he had some pretty acrobatic saves this past week. And I think the other thing to, to remind ourselves is, is Team Canada was seriously looking at him before before he had his collapse and, and the whole COVID thing. I think he was a serious consideration for Team Canada. So. Yeah, he was. If um if he could you know get back on track and put together a strong season, I mean he he might be back in that conversation again, um, especially if this if this continues. Yeah, I mean you know World Cup, they're hoping to do a World Cup. I think here in twenty twenty four. So you know if obviously they're going to do that with NHLers going. So if he could put himself back in the conversation, especially since. You know, Canadian goaltending is like a little bit iffy these days. So the, it really like, is. I mean, yeah. Flurry's old, Price yeah. is out. Yeah, Jordan Bennington's um, like all over the place. So. Kemper is really he's older, but he's he's looked yeah he's looked iffy to start with the Capitals so far. So you know, if he gets back on track, he could put himself back in the picture for future international competition with the Canadians. So I mean, it just leaves you know Hart, who's actually having a pretty damn good oh, yeah, start he's been to the fantastic. season. He's the reason the Flyers are four and one right now. I think it's like because they're getting outplayed crazy. It's just the goaltending. That's yeah, just, what, is he like four goals above expected save? It's or something? It's got to be like more that? than that. Yeah, it could be more than that. I mean, I know his save percentage is like nine forty nine right now, but he's yeah, he's like the sole reason the Flyers are four and one right now. He's been fantastic. Got to give credit where credit's due here. He's been really good. Yeah, fuck the Flyers. Um, <laughs> and that's it for the credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, our first segment of the week, Stat Attack. Alex, bring it for us. I actually came prepared with a stat this week, uh, so I'll go last because mine's pr- probably not anywhere near as good as yours. So, Alex, this is All your right. segment. 
bring us into the stat attack. Yeah, so I'm just going to pull it up from the article I'm writing right now. The stat attack I have, I'm not going to give every stat I put in this article away because then why even read my article? But the stat I have this week is the Devils lead the NHL in 5-on-5 expected goals per 60 minutes at 3.86, meaning they're generating the most quality chances in the NHL uh, through, I guess, their five games. Some other teams have played more games. But yeah, I mean, they're right there with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think, right now in terms of quality chances generated. Um, So yeah, I mean, if they keep doing this and they have the guns to do it, they could have a pretty potent offense this year. Yeah, that that's great. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. They are really driving a crazy amount of play. It's just their finishing has been so god awful. But yeah, but I think, think that'll change. Improve. Yeah, that's I gonna change, that's gonna, right? Yeah, I agree. I think that's gonna improve, dude. They were they finished the last season eleventh and five and five goals. So I'm not really concerned about the finishing right now. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna read you two stat lines here from two players, uh, both goaltenders, and you tell me which goaltender you would take. Oh, right? I know where this is going. All right, you have a three wins, one loss, zero OT losses, a goals against of two point oh two, and a save percentage of nine oh four. Is your first goaltender? Alrighty. Now our second goaltender is three wins zero losses and one OT loss with a goals against of 2.75 and a save percentage of 901. Alex, what goaltender are you taking? I would take the first one since he had the 904 save percentage compared to the 901. And a lower goals against as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm assuming first, any any idea who the first goaltender is? Uh, yeah, I know the first goaltender is definitely Blackwood because I knew his stats off the top of my head. But the second one, I have a pretty good idea of who it is, but I'll let you spill the beans here. Our second goaltender is the defending Vezina champion Igor Shesterkin of the New York Rangers. So uh, to date, Devils fans, Mackenzie Blackwood is outplaying your reigning Vezina champion. I'm not going to lie, did not see that coming, even though it was, um, you know, whatever, we're through the first five. I know the Rangers are, I, were playing while we were recording this against Columbus, but Shesterkin wasn't in tonight. But yeah, I was not expecting that in the first uh, five games of the season. Um, I did expect Shesterkin to regress this season, and he's I, he's not going to stay that low at 901. I doubt it. But I also don't think it's completely him. I think the Rangers leave him out to dry quite a bit. Mm, I, I mean, you'd be surprised, actually. I think the Rangers' 5-on-5 five five numbers have been pretty good this season. I think it's a little bit him getting off to a shaky start so far. But like I said, I don't think it's going to last. Um, is he going to get back to a 935 save percentage again? Probably not. I mean, I had written earlier, uh, just before the preseason had started, goaltenders who could regress this season, and Tristurkin was one of them. But I thought his regression was going to look closer to, like, 920. and. I, he can still get there in time. There's obviously a lot of season to play, and Halak has been kind of rough for the Rangers to start, so his workload may increase. But, yeah, I was a, a little surprised he's been off to a shaky start like that. Well, the Rangers, if they can do one thing, they can put the puck in the back of the net. And yeah, they're we've finishing seen that incredible. I think you don't want to go on the penalty kill against the Rangers because their power play is bonkers. Yeah, I mean, you got Panarin's, just he can set up you know, quality chance from anywhere on the ice. And it's a Benajad knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. So 
Yeah, I mean, they they somehow willed Kreider to get 50 goals last year. So yeah, that won't happen again this year. Um, All right, that's the end of Stat Attack. Thank you so much, Alex. Let's dive into our next segment, and that is Devil's Dungeon. And that is brought to you by the Boiling Springs Group, the number one construction company in the tri-state area. Alex, who is in your Devil's Dungeon? Um... Well, first of all, I'm surprised we have we have sponsors here already. What's going on there? I had, I had a dinner last night and I secured as a sponsor. So oh, uh, oh my! Well, look at you! Oh my goodness! Yeah. Listen, oh. what can I say here? Boiling all Springs right. Group, number look one construction that. company out of Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> I got it. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, Devil's Dungeon. It's a tough one this week because the Devils played so well, but uh, I mean, I guess. Brendan Smith because he keeps taking some really untimely penalties like if he weren't taking the penalties I probably wouldn't even have any issue with his play to be honest he's like fears the you know, I guess kind of your standard typical third pair defenseman who plays well defensively but I mean he's taking some bad penalties that's putting the Devils in some bad spots um, I'm trying to think of anyone else I mean I mean yeah, there's no one. Everyone did their part this week. So I guess Brandon Smith, but kind of just by default because of the penalties. I can't really think of anyone else. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, I, I I always knew that you were overly negative, and I don't have anyone for the Devil's Dungeon this week. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I think I might have to throw the fans in Devil's Dungeon for how, uh, and, and including myself. Uh, this is retroactive Devil's Dungeon for yeah, the overreaction to the. Too. Yeah, yeah, right for the, the overreaction for the first two games and yeah. and how they've really turned it around and really calling for Lindy's head uh, a little too early, I guess. Yeah, I'd throw myself in there too. So yeah, the, the the fishermen and Alex are joining the Devil's Dungeon as well this week. I think it's deserved. Um, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right. Well, that's the end of Devil's Dungeon and is brought to you by Boiling Springs Group, the number one construction company in the tri-state area out of Rutherford, New Jersey. All right. Now on to our next section, the three stars of the week. I have plenty of candidates here, Alex. Uh, Yes. Why why don't you start us off with your three stars of the week? Uh, Yes. First, I will go with number three. I will go with – that's a tough one. I was deciding – Last I once I know I remember from last week. Once I say it, I gotta say it. It sticks. It's locked in. Yeah. No changes. So um, you know, it take it take some time. Think about it. Yeah. No, I got it. I'm good with the third star. I'm going with Nico Heischer. Uh, really great week this week. Um, especially in that Islanders game. You said I think it was the three point effort, right? Um, I think he's had six points in his last three games. Yeah, or something I'm pretty sure along he's up to six. Yeah, he's up to like six points in the first four games, or so, uh, his first three games or something. But yeah, I'm going with Nico Hischer. He's really fantastic. Starts of the season and this week, he was a big reason why they were able to get those wins in the middle of the week. So, and he did have actually that shorthanded goal against the Sharks that got waved off for the kick, um, and he played well against the Sharks too. But. I mean, if that was a kick, that was a that was you know that would have made highlights in on the Premier League there. Yeah, with right? That little... Yeah. Well, that's what everyone. I got a couple of people uh, in my mentions were saying that was a nice. Uh, he, he could go play in the Premier League because that was a nice little back heel there from exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, I, I think they might have gave him a little. 
Yeah, yeah they might have given him a little too. I think they might have given him a little too much credit on that kick. But yeah, but I, I, at first I saw it, I was like, oh, he's just kind of like turning his skate. And then I saw the replay a few times after. I'm like, yeah, I see why they turned that over. So it's tough because I think even on that goal, it was all about the what angle you looked at it from. If you looked at it from the side, it looked like yeah, he was just stopping, like to maybe even kick it back to Palat. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. They won, yeah. so who cares? All right, yeah, who's your second star of the week, Alex? Second star is Andre Palat. You know, the three goals, obviously the big one against the Ducks, and then the two against the Islanders played really well. When, the, you know, the teams, uh, the players you expect to finish and put pucks in the back of the net are still trying to find their way a little bit. He came up big, and, you know, he's not – he can pot 20 goals a season, but he's not really known as a finisher. And he came up with those huge goals in the middle of the week to help them get two wins. So, Andre Palat, you are my second star of the week. All righty, and now to the moment everyone's been waiting for, all 250 listeners that we have. Alex, who is your number one star of the week? Yeah, so this was an easy one for me. It's got to be Mackenzie Blackwood, especially with how that first start went against the Flyers and even the first period against the Ducks. The rest of the week, he really didn't let up much of anything. I mean, obviously the Devils made life in front of him as easy as they could have, but he made stops when... They needed him to, especially late in that Sharks game when it looked like they had some good opportunities to tie the game and at least send it to overtime. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, his save percentage increased in each of those two games after the Ducks game. And um, I, Bill Spaulding kept mentioning it on the broadcast, um, but I don't know what he finished with. Something like he stopped, like, I don't know, 55 of his last 57 shots or something like that. So, yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood. Because the team has been seeking goaltending for so long, and they finally got it this week, he's my first star of the week. Okay, awesome. All right, we'll start off with my third star, and it's actually your first star. Uh, I got to give McKenzie the third star. I can't, I can't bump him up higher than that. He still did have that first period against the Ducks. Uh, so, if I'm going to give you first star, I need to give you, I need to give you the whole week. Um, and then I have. Fair. I have two second stars, and yeah, whatever. Oh. Call it what, call it what you want, but I have two second stars, and equally tied for their performances, and that's Nico and Andre uh, Palat. I think both of them um, had really, really played well. Nico led. Um, I think Nico's taken a step this season that we haven't seen him before. I think he's leading with his play on ice. Um, you see him constantly winning the board battles that have lead, lead to uh, great chances in the slot. And, you know, and that was two or three of Palat's goals uh, were in yeah. the slot. So mm-hmm. uh, I think equally those two players deserve the second star of the week. And, yeah, sure, I'll get some hate for having two stars, but it's my podcast, so I make the rules. Um, so, And then I, I honestly don't think there's anyone else to be considered for the first star outside of Jesper Bratt. I yeah. think Jesper is tied or right behind the lead for assists in the league. Um, I I can't remember. I think I guess it's since Taylor Hall, since we've had someone in the top of the points getting in the league. So hopefully that continues. It's fun to see. I mean, some of these passes, that pass that he had to Dougie Hamilton. I think that was was that yeah. the Ducks game. Yeah, that was the Ducks. I mean, that was that was absurd. Yeah, absolutely absurd. I mean, yeah, his well, vision, his skating ability. He rung the puck off the post a couple times. He's been a little unlucky with his finishing, but outside of that, he's getting other people goals and easy ones while we're at it. 
Yeah, I mean, even that second Palat goal in the Islanders game, he made kind of like a little bit of a backhander, kind of almost um, similar to the one he made for Dougie. Um, but I think the one against the Islanders was even tougher because he had less time and space to do it. And he just put it in on a perfect uh, perfect spot for Palat, and he just put it right past Sorokin. So, yeah, he's been, yeah. his playmaking has been pretty uh, otherworldly to start this season. Hey, Fitz, get that contract ready. Let's get it signed before yeah. the deadline. What is it? Uh, I think January 1st is like when they can first announce it. So, you know, hopefully that gets done like January 2nd. So Eight for eight. Let's do it. Just yeah. get it done. Well, at this I rate, he's going to be going for like eight by nine if he keeps putting up our time. Alex, shut nine. up. Don't put that into the universe. It's eight for eight, you know. <laughs> Come on. All right, but we'll just stop it there. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, at this point, he probably deserves more than Barzell, the way he's playing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that might be a crazy statement two years ago, but after last season and the start of this season, and maybe it's just not Barry Trotz. Yeah, well, I've seen – I mean, I don't know if Devils, the Devils broke Islanders fans, but I've seen some t- – not necessarily wrong takes from Islanders fans the last, like, few days, but, like – you know, saying Trotz knew the system didn't really have talent or the roster didn't have talent, so that's why he played the system he did. And now Lambert's trying to look, kind of like loosen it up and play with more pace, but they still got the same roster and it's just not working. I mean, they left Sorokin out to dry multiple times in that yeah. game. Didn't they? They had another rough game after um, that Devils game, too, I think. I don't know who against, but yeah. I think was it the Lightning, maybe? Or, yeah, might, yeah uh, I think it was Tampa. So, yeah, things are yeah. not going too well for the Islanders nation out but, on Long Island right but, now. In my opinion, uh, and I might be a little biased because of my name, but I think they did win the reverse retro. Oh right, the uh, fisherman jersey jerseys. battle. Yeah, yeah. I, so the one for me, uh, actually, we should talk about the reverse retro since. Oh yeah, come yeah, on, we, we got we, a little time here before yeah. we look into the next week. Oh, let me. Uh, and that's that's our three stars of the week. Thank oh, you. Right, yeah, that that segment's over. Right. Yes, that that is. Uh, we don't have a sponsor for that one yet, but I'll uh, have some more dinners this week and hopefully secure us one. Yeah, well, hey, more sponsors the better. So, um, but yeah, reverse retros came out. We didn't record last time; uh, they had not come out yet. So, I the, for me, I like the Devils one. Even I thought it was originally going to be Kansas City, and it is the same color schemes, but apparently it's Colorado Rockies. But yeah, I, the, I do like the Islanders one. And it's then, so wanna, it's kind of weird though. Just hold on before you get, yeah, you get to it. I think it's kind of weird that we're doing the Colorado Rockies one. And then the Avalanche jerseys, like the Colorado flag, the old, the Rockies, it's the same yeah, colors. It's the same yeah, thing. it's like the rock. Yeah. yeah. So, like, to me, it, that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, it's kind of odd, but, eh, you know, it's that's what they decided to do. So. I think it's I, – I, I give it a six and a half. The Devils? Yeah, six and a half is fine. I – I mean, for me, I'm just kind of getting sick of, like, red and green stuff, so I'm glad they decided oh, to do something a little bit. Don't ask here. me about that. Yeah, so, um, like, I like the green re- reverse retros, but, yeah, I'm kind of more of a fan of these. I don't know. But the one that I really like was the Florida Panthers. I thought that was awesome with, like, the little beach and the palm tree on it. I It seemed like that one on Twitter was um, either love or hate it kind of thing. There wasn't any middle ground with that one but i loved it i thought it was i thought it was one of the coolest ones i like the boston bruins uh reverse retro oh i think that's great when they bring out the bear i think that's timeless classic um i thought the canucks one was was kind of neat too i don't know what the the running guy canuck almost like yeah yeah yeah, i know what you're talking about yeah and 
Yeah, and a lot, and to your Florida Panthers one, a lot of fans did say that the Devils jersey looks like a Florida Panthers jersey with a, De- a Devils logo on it. Yeah, I could, yeah, it's the same as their current jersey. Yeah, it's like the same color scheme almost. Yeah. So, and then I think the losers, obviously, and I, and I think there's no surprise here: Chicago and Detroit. Yeah. Uh, that was just lazy. There's nothing else to say. It was just lazy. Yeah, I feel for Red Wings fans a little bit because their previous reverse retro was pretty bleh, too. So, um, yeah, that's two reverse retros. Are- I, I guess it's just because their normal jersey is just so sweet. Yeah, that's the thing. When you have, like, um, when you have like a historic jersey like that, like the Bruins are lucky because they got some good ones there. But, like, yeah, when you got a historic jersey that's just, you know, and it's kind of, like, been the same over time, that's just a classic and it's always been awesome, it's kind of tough to top that, so... Um, and what? And, and the Flyers wearing these dumbass pants? Like what? What's that? So, what's that about? Warmups. They would like break ankles if they were wearing Cooperalls. But yeah, I mean, they actually wore those. I think like back in the eighties, they wore those for a little bit. And I don't know. They're gonna look so dumb during warmups. I thought I thought they would look pretty cool. Honestly, I've seen a lot of people like the Cooperalls. So um, that's how you even pronounce it. But yeah, I was kind of a fan of those to be honest. I'm not gonna lie. Well, we differ there, uh, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I, I, working in Philadelphia is like very tough. So and now, yeah. especially because the Phillies are in the World Series, we'll the Yankees are about to blow it, and it's just like, and the and the Eagles are undefeated, and now they think the Flyers going to be good, but it's like the Flyers still suck. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, just, that that must be tough. I, I feel your pain there. Yeah. Great city, though. I do recommend the restaurant scene in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. As I can attest to that. All right. Um, maybe that will be uh, – we can do a Rushmore of Philadelphia restaurants during the summer. But let's get to the week ahead here. Busy, busy week. And yeah. we have four games probably before we record next. Um I'll get. We might even have a car cast on Sunday there, Alex. Oh, taking a page from Elliot Friedman here. I, the, uh, we might have a car cast on oh, Sunday. All right. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. We might even have to. I'll, I'm going to DM Friedman and see if he wants to be part of this car cast. He's got experience. So. Yeah, I mean, I, and I didn't even know he was officiating weddings. I would have had him over to uh, to, yeah, to officiate well, mine. You know who that was? Shutdown line on Twitter, Corey Schneider. Yeah. 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 yeah so. Yeah, Friedman can do everything. Man of many talents. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the week ahead. We have Monday, the Capitals. Tuesday, we fly to Detroit. Friday, big showdown with the defending Stanley Cup champions. And then Sunday, the hated son returns in Johnny Goudreau <laughs> and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the fishermen will be in attendance. So please do come say hi. Um, Monday, let's get quick thoughts on each game and then we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. So uh, obviously the avalanche, you know, defending Stanley cup champions, not much to say there. That's going to be the toughest matchup of the week for sure. Um, even though the abs are without Gabriel Landeskog for now, but I mean that, that roster is still, you know, they're tops, the Western conference of one of the top teams in the Western conference, at least, um, looking ahead here, you're playing three teams here that have been struggling defensively. Uh, in the Caps, the Red Wings, and especially the Blue Jackets have just been a mess defensively to start this season. 
Um, the Caps kind of surprisingly have been a little bit of a mess defensively. Uh, well, and this is and this is a team historically that we have struggled immensely against. We can the Caps have our number through and through, similar to how we've been against the Islanders. But you know, we blew the doors off the Islanders, so hopefully they can turn it around and and show the Caps we mean business this season. And this is a Caps team. Let's remember without Backstrom and without Tom Wilson, correct? Right. Tom Wilson's not going to be back for a while. Backstrom even longer. And then Carl Haglin's out right now too. So uh, it's a little bit of a different Those are some significant pieces missing. Yeah, I mean, those are some top nine forwards that are three of us. You know, your nine top top nine forwards are you know, not in the lineup. So that makes a difference. It'll be a different, a little bit of a different looking Boston and the Devils have faced over the last few seasons. But, yeah, they've been struggling defensively, um, not as much as Detroit and Columbus have. You know, Detroit's got their own issues, but obviously we wish the best at Jakob Rana, for, uh, whatever he's going through right now, but he's you know obviously not in the lineup. And then Tyler Bertuzzi, he got injured, actually, in that first Devils game. Uh, he's out for, like, the next four to six weeks with an upper body injury. So they, their depth is a little depleted right now, and they've been struggling. Give, and they were even struggling against the Ducks defensively tonight, which – I mean, if you're struggling against the Ducks, that's not a great sign moving forward. So the Devils, you know, with the way they've been generating offense these first five games, I expect that even though they're going to regress at some point, I expect them to be able to at least generate chances. Finishing them might be a different story. But, you know, I mean, if you look at the Caps, goaltending Darcy Kemper, if he's getting to start um, that game, he's been just so-so. I would even say maybe a little bit worse than that to start the season. You putting VTech in goal for the Caps game? Oh, that's a tough one. I think with how well McKenzie is playing right now, you give him the Caps game, especially since they're a division. You, you're going to be chasing them for a playoff spot in the division game, so you want to win that. VTech on Tuesday? I would go VTech Manichek on Tuesday. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, he get a little bit of a chance to redeem himself against the Red Wings. That was his start uh, in the second game of the season, so a little bit. He can redeem himself that way instead of more of like, hey, this is the VTech Manichek revenge game here. But See, that, but I think it's Vitek Vanacek revenge game against the Caps. It's your old team. Yeah, you know you want to always play really well against your old team. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's saying, just my thought. I, and it's I I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils decided to go with Vanacek in the Caps game. But it's an important division game, um, especially if the Devils are going to be chasing them. You know, in March and April, and you want to get points to get them against them as often as you can. And the way Mackenzie Blackwood is playing right now especially these last two games, I think you have to start them against the Caps. Yeah, but think about it this way. Just hear me out here. If we play him Tuesday, that's a three-day rest, and then he can go again Friday, which is another three-day rest. So just thinking maybe, you know, instead of two and four, you do three and three, and that Uh, builds some rhythm into into his game. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but if you play him Monday too, then that's also what? Four. I mean, he wouldn't have to yeah, play. Yeah, two and four. It would be yeah. two and four, yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's not, a, that's not the worst thing either. And I just think when you want, like, trying to make the playoffs, you have to get as many points as you can against your division rivals. And this is yeah. an early game. And I think because Blackwood kind of established himself these last three starts. I think and then you have I, a Western Hockey Canada trip the week after, so you, right. you really we'll want to wrap up the these next, home games. Yeah, right. We'll get into that obviously in the next podcast because, um, but yeah, I mean that's I mean well, the Canucks, my God, but yeah, they're going to be playing the Oilers and the Flames, and those are two of the top teams in the Western Conference. So, um, yeah, I think McKenzie gets that start against the Caps, and you go back to Vanacek on Tuesday, and I 
would expect a much better performance from Vanacek that game. So, um, but yeah, as I was saying before, I even got into goaltending. You know, I guess aside from that Avalanche game, I'd probably expect the Devils to be able to generate some offense this week. They're going against three, four, three other four opponents have not been good defensively to start the season. So, uh, you would think at some point the finishing is going to get there. So, I'm expecting some at least good performances here. Whether they get wins and you know, I guess three of the four, we'll see. But the opportunity is definitely there for sure. What's a successful week for you? Um, that's um, let's say. Obviously, three out of four would be fantastic. But let's say like two regulation wins, uh, an overtime loss, and like um, yeah, two one and one. One and one would be pretty good. I think you'd be pretty happy with that. And anything better than that, it's obviously fantastic. All right, let's go with two one and one then. And that is a wrap, guys. Uh, I mean, what a difference a week can make. Um, really excited the the trajectory this team's back on. Um, and should be exciting. Let's see if we can get the monkey off our back against the Caps, bring home a win against Detroit. Let's see if we can shock the league with a win against Colorado. And we did beat Colorado last year as bad as we were. Let's yeah, not that forget was that. that game where they were down 3 nothing and they scored like five unanswered. That was one of the top you know, highlights of the last season for sure. 100%. So, And then let's boo the crap out of Johnny Hockey, Johnny Ham yeah. and Cheese, Johnny Trader, Johnny turn his back on his own state. Goudreau. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care. I know fans are going to be booing him crazy for sure, but, you know, I don't really care about that too much. But, yeah, that should be an interesting scene, especially it's, a, it's an early afternoon game that Sunday, isn't it? Like 2 p.m., I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. So I'll be going with – right? I know, and I'll be going with the old man fisherman. So uh, yeah. I'm sure he'll be booing knowing him. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he has no – he has no part – no time for that. All right, and uh, with that, I think that's a wrap. Anything else you'd like to add, Alex? Uh, no, that covers it. You know, yeah, no, I'm good here. Sounds good. Well, uh, we wish everyone a great week, and let's go Devils. Go Devils.